Welcome to the Rev Sarah Shares podcast. This week we start our extraordinary series where we look at Old Testament characters. All of us have had times when we wonder if running away is the best option and if not possible, hide under the duvet. All of us have had to seek forgiveness from loved ones and experienced grace. Today we explore extraordinary grace with the help of our reluctant, grumpy prophet Jonah. And I pray that as you listen to the readings from Jonah and from Ephesians and to the reflection, that you too are encouraged, especially when you maybe feel you're going the wrong way. Thank you to Karen for sharing the readings and I hope you enjoy the reflection on them. This reading is from Jonah, chapter 1, reading from verse 1. Jonah disobeys the Lord. One day the Lord spoke to Jonah, son of Amittai. He said, Go to Nineveh, the great city, and speak out against it. I am aware for how wicked its people are. Jonah, however, set out in the opposite direction in order to get away from the Lord. He went to Yopa, where he found a ship about to go to Spain. He paid his fare and went aboard with the crew to sail to Spain, where he would be away from the Lord. But the Lord sent a strong wind on the sea, and the storm was so violent that the ship was in danger of breaking up. The sailors were terrified and cried out for help, each one to his own God. Then in order to lessen the danger, they threw the cargo overboard. Meanwhile, Jonah had gone below and was lying in the ship's hold, sound asleep. The captain found him there and said to him, What are you doing asleep? Get up and pray to your God for help. Maybe he will feel sorry for us and spare our lives. The storm was getting worse all the time. So the sailors asked him, What should we do to stop the storm? Jonah answered, Throw me into the sea and it will calm down. I know it's my fault that you are caught in this violent storm. Instead, the sailors tried to get the ship to shore, rowing with all their might. But the storm was becoming worse and worse and they got nowhere. So they cried out to the Lord. Oh Lord, we pray, don't punish us with the death of this man's taking this man's life. You, Lord, are responsible for all this. It is your doing. Then they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea and it calmed down at once. This made the sailors so afraid of the Lord that they offered a sacrifice and promised to serve him. At the Lord's command, a large fish swallowed Jonah and he was inside the fish for three days and three nights. When I felt my life slipping away, then, O Lord, I prayed to you, and in your holy temple you heard me. Those who worship worthless idols have abandoned their loyalty to you. But I will sing praises to you. I will offer you a sacrifice and do what I have promised. Salvation comes from the Lord. Then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah up on the beach, and it did. Jonah obeys the Lord. Once again, the Lord spoke to Jonah. He said, go to Nineveh, that great city, and proclaim to the people the message I have given you. So Jonah obeyed the Lord and went to Nineveh 
a large city, so large that it took three days to walk through it. Jonah started through the city and after walking a whole day, he proclaimed, In 40 days, Nineveh will be destroyed. The people of Nineveh believed God's message, so they decided that everyone should fast. And all the people, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth to show they had repented. When the king of Nineveh heard about it, he got up from his throne, took off his robe, put on sackcloth and sat down in ashes. He sent out a proclamation to the people of Nineveh. This is an order from the king and his officials. No one is to eat anything. All persons, cattle and sheep are forbidden to eat and drink. All persons and animals must wear sackcloth. Everyone must pray earnestly to God and must give up wicked behaviour and their evil actions. Perhaps God will change his mind. Perhaps he will stop being angry and we will not die. God saw what they did. He saw that they had given up their wicked behaviour. So he changed his mind and did not punish them as he said he would. Amen. This reading is Ephesians 2, reading from verse 1, from death to life. In the past you were spiritually dead because of your disobedience and sins. At that time you followed the world's evil way. You obeyed the ruler of the spiritual powers in space, the spirit who now controls the people who disobey God. Actually, all of us were like them and lived according to our natural desires, doing whatever suited the wishes of our own bodies and minds. In our natural condition, we, like everyone else, were destined to suffer God's anger. But God's mercy is so abundant and his love for us is so great that while we were spiritually dead in our disobedience, he brought us to life with Christ. It is by God's grace that you have been saved. In our union with Christ Jesus, he raised us up with him to rule with him in the heavenly world. He did this to demonstrate for all time to come the extraordinary greatness of his grace and the love he showed us in Christ Jesus. For it is by God's grace that you have been saved through faith. It is not the result of your own efforts, but God's gift so that no one can boast about it. God has made us what we are. In our union with Christ Jesus, he has created us for a life of good deeds, which he has already prepared for us to do. Amen. So today's theme is Extraordinary Grace. I love the story of Jonah and it never gets old for me. He is a grumpy, reluctant man probably a good old style Presbyterian actually. The story of Jonah is only four chapters and in chapter one and chapter four he's disobedient and generally miserable. In chapters two and three he does follow God's call but boy he'd rather be anywhere except in Nineveh or indeed the belly of a fish. I love the honesty of this story and I think it speaks to many of us when we are reluctant to follow God's call on our lives. Jesus does speak of Jonah, so we know that this story has merit and well worth exploring on many levels. 
And each time I read it, I almost sigh with relief. As Christians, we often face unhealthy expectations because people expect us to be ever so holy. The Catholics carry the guilt while the Presbyterians carry the dourness. Listening to a podcast this week with nothing to do with religion, the host joked that as a heathen going into church, she expected to immediately be doused in flames. And to be fair, no matter the denomination, some Christians really are too heavenly minded to be of any earthly use. Jonah is like a breath of fresh air for those feeling less than a true follower of God. Ah, but Sarah, we're supposed to embrace God's call on our life and Jonah's not really a good role model. Well, let's take a moment and actually consider Jonah's tale. Jonah is a minor prophet, a little guy, never likely to be asked to take part in a state funeral, for example. He does appear in 2 Kings with a prophecy for Jeroboam. But in this story, God gives him a message to take to Nineveh. Now, this was quite literally a God-forsaken place. Imagine, if you will, a culture where anything goes. Sex, drugs and rock and roll, you might say. Where the rich get richer whilst the poor get poorer. And divinity is for feasting, not following. Jonah is told to take a message of repentance to the people of Nineveh. For God was no longer willing to put up with their hedonistic behaviour. Like a parent at the end of their tether, something had to be done about Nineveh. But Jonah is like, nope, I'm out. And rather than tell God this, he heads off in the opposite direction and goes for a distant land. Anywhere is better than going to Nineveh. And I suspect he figured if he went in the opposite direction, somebody else would do it. Or better yet, Nineveh would fall, and that would be joyous for Jonah and his fellow people. You have to understand just how despised Nineveh was. Lesson one, folks, if you're going to run away from God, stay on dry land. Seriously, though, this story actually shares much with us about the extraordinary grace of God and how that grace can impact on the lives of those who don't even know he exists those who are pagan or those whose lives have got completely messed up. Let's put Jonah aside for a moment. I'm sure he won't mind. Think about the sailors on the boat. They took on this unknown passenger and suddenly they are in the midst of this storm. They are experienced sailors and they know something is off with this storm. It doesn't feel right. So they try every trick in the book, including throwing cargo overboard. And you need to remember that cargo was money for them. They each prayed to their own God. So they were religious, but didn't know our God or Jonah's God. Jonah, who's been sleeping, is dragged into this situation. And what I do also really adore about Jonah is he is incredibly honest when you ask him an outright question. And so when his story, when asked his story, he told them he was running away from the Lord. And their response intrigues me because they're like, why on earth would you do that? 
that is an incredibly stupid thing to do. So they haven't met Jonah's God, but even they know you don't run away from God. And when he told them to cast him overboard, they still fought to save his life, even though they knew that Jonah was at fault. So these sailors were good people. It was with a prayer for forgiveness to the Lord of Jonah that they acquiesce and throw him overboard. And I want you to think about that for a moment. The storm was so fierce that they could do nothing except throw Jonah over and immediately the storm stopped. Always interests me that although Jonah asked to be thrown overboard and knew that he was the solution, he could not bring himself to do it. Not to save the ship or the sailors. His innate self-preservation put the onus on the sailors to make the decision to throw him overboard. But in the process, the sailors meet God and I'll wager they were changed people. God doesn't abandon Jonah either, hence extraordinary grace. So there is hope for all of us, whether we are running away from the call of God or hiding even. God also, however, has a plan for Nineveh and he isn't giving up on them either. Just that the plan really needs a Jonah to work. We can look about and see all the people, the folks in our congregations, in our communities, and we can think it's okay that we don't do it or follow God's call because we think somebody else will fill the gap. In church, we often hide away when the request for volunteers is made because we know that someone else will do it. The statistic bandied about is that 20% of the people do the work for everybody. And I'm sure some of you have faced that terrifying door-to-door -door missions of the past and are worried that you'll get caught up in something that you are not able to do. The story of Jonah shows us that sometimes there is only one person who can fulfill the mission of God. The pursuit of Jonah by God speaks to me of extraordinary grace. Remember, God knows us through and through. The rich young man who asked Jesus what he must do is invited to give away his wealth and he walks away sad because it's hard to do. But Jesus doesn't chase after him and make it easier. Yet there are times when we are grateful that God doesn't quit on us. Lord knows literally how many times I have told him that I quit and I don't just mean as a minister, but as a Christian. My mother taught me that once we are saved by Christ, we are always saved. We might be at the bottom of the ladder, but God is faithful. And so Jonah spent three days and nights in retreat with God, not salubrious surroundings perhaps, but he comes to his senses rather like the prodigal son. And spewed up onto the beach, he heads off into Nineveh. He preaches a message of reluctance, but even that is petulant. In 40 days, Nineveh will be destroyed. Man, he's not a happy camper. But perhaps sometimes the message should just be short and sweet. However, 
The people believed the message and responded to God. And they took it seriously so that everyone and every animal participated. No shortcuts there. It was a moment of revival that would blow our minds if we saw it in our own nation. We didn't read from chapter 4 today, but if you haven't read it for a while, do go back and look at it. And in this chapter, Jonah is sulking, absolutely sulking. Obviously, God doesn't destroy Nineveh and Jonah is totally miffed. In fact, it says in the text he was really angry. But I'll say this for Jonah. He sums up the character of God really well. There's one verse in that chapter I want to share with you. Jonah says, I knew that you are a loving and merciful God, always patient, always kind, and always ready to change your mind and not punish. Strangely enough, knowing this, Jonah just wants to die. He is disappointed in God. We worship the God of extraordinary grace. God goes on to work through this emotion, this feeling with Jonah. But this story also shares with us how much God loves us too. Our reading from Ephesians reminds us that this isn't just a quirky tale with a happy ending, well, perhaps for everyone except Jonah. All of us, no matter how unworthy we believe ourselves to be, how evil, how selfish, are soaked in the extraordinary grace of God. The text from Ephesians doesn't hold any punches. It reminds us that all of us are unworthy of God's holiness and therefore on the path to death. Yet through the grace of God, we are set on the path to life. We can't earn it. And we are witnesses that the richness of that grace through the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Christ, who has ascended to sit at the right hand of God, made it possible for everyone, yes, you, to be saved. And it's a gift. And who doesn't like a gift? The church, dare I say it, is full of Jonas, the grumpy, reluctant kind who think God should only do what they want him to do. Then there are those who try and keep the message to themselves, seeing others as undeserving in some way. And then there are those who sulk when the church around them grows, changing with new people, bringing in different ideas or practices, getting even animals to wear sackcloth. Yet God loved Jonah. He remained open to Jonah meeting him, meeting him in his reluctance. Perhaps rather than being the prodigal son, he's actually more like the elder brother. So you might be a grouchy, grumpy Christian that can't get to grips with all this newfangled church stuff. But God in his extraordinary grace loves you too. And maybe, just maybe, when we grasp how extraordinary it is that God has given us the gift of grace through Christ Jesus, we might be more willing to make room for the pagan, the wayward, and the ones we love to hate, like Jonah loved to hate the Ninevites. God did this to demonstrate for all time to come 
the extraordinary greatness of his grace and the love he showed us in Christ Jesus. Thank you for listening to our podcast and I hope that you know that you are a recipient of extraordinary grace. May this week be a blessing to you and whatever you face, may you know that God is with you, even if you're running in the opposite direction. Until next time, God bless. Bye for now.